0: Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I of course am your host Laurel Mints, and I am thrilled to have Ashley Sumner, founder and CEO of Quilt with me today as my guest. Ashley, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. So obviously quilt or the word quilt has many different meanings, but tell us what quilt means to you. Oh wow. Um, quilt
1: is a name that is so near and dear to my heart, uh, mainly because it came from a group of women I highly respect and love deeply, uh, and we came together to think about what quilt today should should be called. And we went through all of these names, and and one woman uh, kind of stood up, and was like, "I think I have it. It's quilt." And we started thinking about. All of the different patchwork and colors and threading together of different backgrounds and perspectives and experiences and nationalities and sexual preferences and race. And really, what we want to be is as, as an incredibly accessible and inclusive and welcoming kind community. And quilting represents that. It's just the ultimate metaphor that translates across um, so many countries and goes back so far. And, you know, women coming together. While it's resourceful to build a quilt, sometimes it also feels like it's never actually about the quilt. It's just this excuse to come together and be in conversation. Um, Mm. And that is what quilt stands for. And that's what we've created
0: over the years. So uh, I love love our name. I think it's such a great name. So it's really about this this community that you've built, which is ever-changing. And I actually think your perspective on the definition of a quilt resonates so much with me. You know, I don't have very many things from my grandparents, but the things mm-hmm. I do have are like probably three or four quilts that they've that both of them on either side um knit it's pretty amazing like they use different fabrics different materials like you said and they wove it together and it represents my heritage and my history so I think Mm -hmm. that you're spot on in terms of what it represents oh I'm Um, happy to hear that yeah it's awesome and then tell us about the community as, as a whole the community is uh you know, this,
1: there's this common thread. I have to use, use the pun, but, um, <laughs> there's this common thread among quilters, which is really this hunger and this desire to grow, mm-hmm. um, through all of the life stages, the community wants to grow, uh, personally, professionally, spiritually, an incredibly curious community, one that doesn't want to uh, kind of live the life that has been sold to us by media or by, or by the patriarchy, but one that's like, you know what, if I want to do it all, I'm going to, and this is how, and we can do it because we come together. Um, and so there's this belief in welcoming kindness and collaboration and rising together that um, really resonates across the community and every every woman or female identified uh, human that has ever participated in quilt and continues to carries those values alongside of us. Um,
0: so that's, that's our quilter. Mm-hmm. I love that. And originally it was about going into people's homes and creating these safe spaces and open spaces of communication. Obviously things are shifting a little bit right now. Can you tell us kind of what's next for Quilt, because I know you guys are in some exciting new Mm -hmm. launch phases. Yeah, yeah.
1: So the original kind of hypothesis here was, you know, can we use technology to facilitate offline connection through conversations? And uh, on March 13th, you know, a lot has changed in the world. March 13th, 2020, a lot has changed in the world. (laughs) Uh, And I had this opportunity to take a massive step back. And for us, you know, thank goodness for for platforms like Zoom or Google Hangouts, where a lot of these offline experiences could translate online. And, and I was witness to that. And very quickly, Quilt went from being um, a platform primarily in LA, primarily in 60 of the 84 neighborhoods in LA to global. We grew 500%. And Women from Bangalore and from London and Seattle and Canada and Brazil were tuning in and all of a sudden a quilt really was colorful and a quilt. Um, And through that experience, uh, I, within about a week, became unabashedly clear that we were not going to go back offline. And what then that began kind of my research, my conversation, my opportunity to learn what that might look like and kind of come up with a new way to express the same mission that has always been
0: here, which is bringing women closer through conversation.
1: Mm.
0: And I mean, you said you you really did stick your kind of stake in the ground and you were like, this is how we're moving forward. Do you feel like that is how kind of other businesses have also taken this in terms of their perspective, or do you think this is just merely kind of accelerated the inevitable?
1: Ooh. Um, you mean, do I think that um, other leaders are, are kind of shifting in the same way that I have?
0: Uh, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I guess the other thing, is, the other perspective is that this has necessitated change, right. Uh-huh, in ways uh-huh. that we didn't think or didn't um, think would happen as quickly. So I, I right. guess, the, you know, mm, your, whatever your perspective is on
1: that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, when I when I launched Quilt years ago, I wanted to reimagine business models that I no longer thought were serving us and that I believed would come to an end. Um, I think this has accelerated some of those coming to an end and has opened up our eyes to new possibilities where there's a lot of innovation and creation that comes along with being resourceful and an ability to, to pivot, to shift, to reimagine and to collaborate. I think that this is a time where there's forced collaboration. So I think for, if if there are companies out there or, you know, that have been accelerated potentially into uh, ending or, or becoming a different company, I think we're, we're just looking under the hood at what had been built as a foundation. And if the foundation was rocky, maybe not, maybe we're not seeing the same types of shifts that are
0: happening. Um, So, yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I also think, and maybe this is more of a meta conversation, which I know you can handle, um, mm-hmm. that our entire country is kind of, was kind of built on shaky ground that we're now starting to see crumble. Everything from our healthcare system to the restaurant industry, political everything. So I'd love to hear, since you are at the forefront of making change, specifically as it relates to women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is your perspective on the, that climate currently? Well. Yeah, uh, we
1: are. Uh, <laughs> the big question, uh, I know.
0: Yeah, I mean, there is,
1: um, there is an incredible amount of uncertainty. There's an incredible amount of chaos. And with chaos comes an opportunity for breakthrough. And I remember four years ago thinking, well, it doesn't get darker than this. <laughs> and oh. that was not true. And I think that I feel like we are in an awakening. Mm -hmm. Which means that, you know, when I wake up in the morning and find out that um, that employers have the right to remove the option for birth control for women, right, as we're moving into an election, hearing, you know, hearing that I'm hoping is I'm hoping is part of the awakening to realize that people do have a choice and that we can collectively make choices together and that each of us has like has power in that mm. because there there are just as i think there are just as many like uh there are positives that have come out of this time too mm. right education and learning what it means to be an ally or being an accomplice and having uncomfortable conversations and breaking you know some of our you know, systemic you know these systems that are in place that are not serving um black people people of color or women of color um so i'm i'm really I feel excited. I feel hopeful. That doesn't mean I haven't been on a ball crying. That doesn't mean I haven't been looking (laughs) in the mirror saying, what role did I play in this and how can I learn? But I I think there's a really incredible opportunity right
0: now. And I have, I like, I have hope, I guess. I agree with that. I think that you have to have hope. Otherwise, what the hell are we doing here? Right. Right. Might as well just phone it in. Give up now. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. Um, and I think that you're probably seeing a lot more of the hope because your community is such a positive mm-hmm. kind of light amongst the darkness, I would say. Um, and the ability for you to have grown, I think the number was, the statistic was 500%. Is that really true? Yeah, our community size grew 500%. That's unbelievable. So you now are exposed and the brand is exposed on a global scale that you never saw before. So that in and of itself has to be a glimmer of hope in terms of what women want all around the world and that you as as the leader of Quilt are really providing a platform that is absolutely necessary. That's pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's funny because one of, one of the things we've always aligned on internally is that we are here to advance the collective well-being of women. Mm. Uh, that if one woman is happy and others are not, that she is then not happy, right? So it is genuine collective well-being um and i I believe that that is a conversation we're happening at a much larger scale than we have before, so you know i I like to think maybe quilt cool, was a little bit ahead of its time a couple of years ago and now the growth comes from realizing that the mental health crisis while it's been around forever is is even more pervasive and and uh it's destigmatized to have that conversation and to think about who is struggling and to take care of the people that are around you. To know what earned and unearned privilege looks like, and to use the powers that you may or may, you know, that you may have for others that do not. Um, I've never been in these conversations before at this scale, right. um, with with the number of people coming to me to talk. I think also as a community leader and being so blown away by, again, the the positivity that comes from having an uncomfortable conversation and what can come on the other side of that, which is what Quilt stands for. And I believe that people are just craving authentic, imperfect, transparent communication, where it's okay to not know,
0: um, but to be hungry to learn and evolve. Ashley, you're so freaking articulate. I really (laughs) think that that couldn't have been put more beautifully. Uh, We're going to take a quick break from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to talk about your entrepreneurial journey, because we have a lot of entrepreneurs and wantrepreneurs listening in. I want them to hear and understand the arc um, that is Quilt. So stay tuned. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with my friend Ashley Sumner, founder and CEO of Quilt, which is this amazing collective global community of women for women by women. I mean, it's just, it's everything we need right now. So again, thank you for building such a beautiful community. Before the break, we were talking about what's kind of currently happening in terms of the conversations and how they're challenging and um, and hard and all of the things, right? Um, what I want to pivot to now is talking about the quilt journey because you started off as a totally different name. You evolved, you fundraise. So can you just take us through a little bit about the starting point of quilt and, you know, that kind of arc to where you are currently? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, it was a
1: really interesting moment in my life. Five years ago, I had been building community for, you know, startups, for large brands, retreats, conferences, everything in between. And, I uh at at 27 5 years ago I was burnt out and I was mm-hmm. tired and that was that felt like a pretty young age to hit that um but I had such a hunger to support others and and you know an obsession a genuine obsession in the startup space as well but to build community my kind of aha moment was Uh, What does technology look like in support of building community and how can we put technology in the hands of those who care to build community as much as I do um, to support so that we don't end up just burnt out at 27, you know, (laughs) so we can do this for, for a really long time. And it was in that moment that I met a really dear friend of mine and a woman that I started Quilt with, her name is Gianna Wurtzel. She had opened up a home and offered it for co-working space for women and, I brought this idea of technology to her and what she had created. And it really took the two of us in this moment, I feel like, you know, the earth kind of opened up and created this portal around us to just like magnify each other's purpose and passion to get, um, to get this company going um, in its earliest years. And um, you know, as, as, as you do, we, we've evolved and, you know, Gianna is still one of my very close friends and, and an avid supporter of quilt and, Um, it's been beautiful to go through the journey to understand what it's like to have a partner at a company to get that going and also to hold space for one another for how a company can evolve and to really check in and say, what is it that each of us want to do? Um, you know, and, and since I have taken on Quilt as, you know, kind of the sole founder and as the CEO and building out, um, a new culture around that and building a new technology platform during some credibly uh, uh, in uncertain times. And I think without all of those learnings and that foundation and that partnership over those years, I wouldn't be the leader that I am today. And they have the confidence that I have today. Um, so I'm a huge advocate for finding the people
0: that you align with and creating with them. Absolutely. Well, and Gianna is the reason that you and I know each other because I was the the building of One Roof Co-working, which was the kind of precursor to quilt. Um, So it all comes full circle, right? Sure does. So did you fundraise before COVID hit or were you in process of funding? I mean, I know you're always fundraising. Once you're (laughs) in it, you're kind of like always in it and on that roadshow. Can you talk a little bit to that um, uh, process? Oh, this is
1: just my favorite topic right now. Um, so, so, yeah, so um, we raised a our first int- institutional round of financing in the summer of 2018. Uh, the month that uh, Shelter-in-Place and COVID hit, I had just finished the deck for what I will say is Quilt 1.0 and basically started raising about two weeks before Shelter-in-Place happened. Um and I learned a lot through that. You know, I I am the type of person that like does not quit uh and believes that like I can persevere through anything. Uh mm-hmm. and it's I think very good to learn when you're supposed to take a moment. Um but I, you know, in the month of in the month of March I really did not take a moment and I was in the midst of raising capital for Quilt 1.0 and continued to drive forward and have conversations. But I think of course like the The investment landscape has changed quite a bit. It takes a minute for us all to get our footing to decide, you know, how how as an investor, you know, the these funds are going to show up in support of their portfolio companies, what they have to allocate. Like we're all just like reorganizing in a new reality and a new normal. Um, and when that really landed for me finally in April, uh, I took, I gave myself the appropriate amount of time to take a massive step back to reimagine what I want quilt to be moving forward. Uh, to tell my team all of the shifts that are going to happen to build an entirely new platform in under four weeks to now be in wow. testing and now I'm raising on um, on quilt 2.0 um, and so I'm about halfway through this raise and I'm really really excited that and happy that it happened how it did and that the investors that i'm inviting in for this round are are really aligned with what I feel very clear on which is kind of this this new
0: vision moving forward. And thank you for being so transparent about that. I mean, you and I just did a live where we talked about (laughs) vulnerable leadership, right? Literally Mm -hmm. earlier today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think that you even just showing up and saying like, look, fundraising is fucking hard. And we got totally stunted because of what was going on, but we adapted and Mm -hmm. now we're even more excited about what's coming in the future. I think that that's a really honest perspective that people need to hear right now. Yeah, of course. Always happy to talk about that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> fundraising is, I mean, let's face it, it's a bitch. It is a road show. It is 24 um, oh. seven. But I have found that, and this has been in my career as well, the things that throw you the furthest off course are actually, or the things that you think have thrown you the furthest off course are actually the things that have put you most um, more aligned with your future ver- vision, if that makes sense.
1: 1000% and I also have a little bit of a silver lining caveat which is mm. I am nobody knows this about nobody knows this about me and nobody believes me when I say that I am Ooh, an intro, I I'm that. an I'm an introvert like, mm-hmm. I'm a community builder, a facilitator. I can stand on stage. I have a degree from NYU in drama. So everybody just assumes I have a rising sign in Leo, if astrology means anything <laughs> to you. Everyone just assumes that I just am an extrovert upon extrovert, extrovert. And I'm not. I get my energy from within. I retreat to the mountains um, 90% of the time. Um, and what has, even though this investment journey this time, has been harder than any other. I've raised capital four or five times now for myself and for others. Um, In every level, there's a new devil. And this is that new devil right now. Um, What has been amazing is that I have not been on a plane. Mm -hmm. Like 25 days out of 30 in a month. Not sleeping in my bed, not taking care of myself, not having my yoga meditation. Because I get to pitch through Zoom. And I get to preserve my energy and i get to stay in my routine and honestly after the last round that i raised i really felt like a shell of a person because i was running quilts and raising and flying and got sick and that money came through and i was so grateful and so tired
0: yeah um, i think and you I feel that a feel lot that. yep yeah, and i don't feel that right lot. now so i completely agree with you and people always think that i'm an extrovert which i am i'm a gemini so i've got that very hot yeah. extrovert perspective but I think to your point, and I can see you being an introvert because you have this kind of peace about you when you spend enough time around you. You're very, you're very calm in terms of your nature, kind Mm. of just naturally. Um, And I have found the same exact thing that I am calmer more centered more at peace right now than I think I've ever been in the 12 Mm -hmm. years of running my business and I think it's Mm -hmm. the very reasons that you stated you're you get to be in your routine you get to be in your bed you're not running around like a chicken with your head cut off Um, (laughs) so I think to your point earlier that's one of the really positive things that's going to come out of this is that moment of peace right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely so we're going to take another quick break from our sponsors. And then when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about you personally. I'm going to ask some uh, some weird and wacky mm. questions. So stay tuned. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you are just tuning in, I'm sitting chatting with my friend Ashley Sumner, founder and CEO of Quilt. Um, before we get into the weird and wacky, I want to make sure that people know how they can get in touch with you and get involved in the community. So let's start there.
1: Uh, Yes, you can go to wearequilt.com. All of our contact information is there, um, as well as an ability to sign up for an invite for our new platform. Um, So you can go there. You can also um, write in to hello at wequilt.com or follow us on Instagram, wearequilt, and
0: uh, DM us there. We get all of it. We'll add that all in the show notes so everyone can, uh, well, I was going to say everyone who's driving in their cars right now, which is freaking nobody. <laughs> I don't know why I even <laughs> bother saying that anymore. Um, we'll make sure that everyone has all that contact info. So thank you for that. And it, do please follow them on social because they're, they're, your voice is so my voice or what I want my voice to be. I think mm. it's more like outgoing and bold and you take a real stand politically and it's all about women. And I just love what you guys represent mm. pretty much on all platforms, but on social it's, the visual representation is really clear to me.
1: Thank you. The team will love knowing
0: that and hearing that. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what we do. We're marketing. So we have Mm -hmm. to respect and give props to brands that we like who market well. Um, You're definitely in that category. Um, Okay. So now to the weird and wacky. Um, One of the questions I love to ask, which always throws people off. I don't know why, but it is, um, what is your favorite word and why? Ooh, what is my favorite word? Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, let's see. My favorite
1: one. It's one of. It's funny. I, I words mean a whole lot to me. Um, one of the words that I've been currently obsessing over is worthy or worthiness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually just had a quilt about this and talking about this idea that worthiness come like you're either all of us are born being worthy. Or none of us are. Like, there's Mm. no, you are, and you're not, and you are, and you're not. But there's also something that's like, why has worth, which is wealth, been also tied back into this idea of worthiness? And I think breaking up, just thinking about being worthy and the fact that we are all worthy and we are born worthy, otherwise, we wouldn't be here. There's such a beautiful power to that that is rooted in equality versus what is your worth and why is that attached to this idea of money and especially in like kind of the American culture so I've been currently kind of going around talking to everyone about their um their belief system on
0: where worthiness comes from and if they believe we were all born worthy so exciting I love that conversation um and Gary Vee if you whether you like him or not has a really great statement about that very thing which is like you it's very similar to what you've said but he says it in more of a I mean he's kind of a you know shock and awe kind of guy so he Mm -hmm. says something about how like of all the the eggs and sperm combinations like one in a million you are the one that made it so you're already worthy basically is what he says yeah which I think is really funny um Um, but I think the the conversation around self Self love and worth is so hard. I know I still struggle with it. So I think that that's a really important message for people to be hearing. There, no matter what stage of your life you're in, no matter what stage of your business you're in, you're always fighting some of these internal demons, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, especially those in very high powered, successful positions, have um, what's called imposter syndrome, which I'm, mm-hmm. I know you know all about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that those two are inherently tied together. And you're saying that you think it's a construct of American society. I do. I do. I think
1: I oftentimes I got this from a woman that I I work with, a therapist, a brilliant woman, and she will oftentimes ask me, why do you matter? Mm. And I've asked that in quilt gatherings, and it's gone from a spiritual perspective, a scientific, literal matter perspective, but this us really connecting to why we believe we matter and surprisingly how hard it is for people to answer that but for but for how how common it is, I think, in the American culture, for us to talk about, you know, uh, again, money and and mm-hmm. you matter because you have success and how do you define success and what does that look like and this is one of those topics that I
0: feel like I could just dive into endlessly. <laughs> I mean, you you talked about it on the last panel that you and I were or the conference that you and I were at. Um, gosh, that was last maybe last summer. Anyway, yeah, it was a minute ago. <laughs> it was a while ago, but you were uh, the keynote, and you were talking about money and your experience around money. I think mm-hmm. my, now would be a good moment for you to share kind of that conversation. I think that that ties in with the worthiness and the self worth um, dialogue we're currently having.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, when I when I think about when I think about money, it has been something in my upbringing that um, you know my family has cared a lot about providing for me and for my brother. And that comes from a really good place, but also my family doesn't come from money and it became a very money has become a very defining characteristic in like the Sumner household. Um, And so a lot of my life I've been, I think redefining what my relationship with money looks like and, and why I care to create wealth in this lifetime and what I think it looks like for women and, and in order for women to create wealth, I've noticed, and especially at Quilts, and especially since I tend to talk about money and power the most with Quilts, whether it's because I've been in fundraising or um, in the startup world or because I am so open about my upbringing, um, I've noticed that we all have a money story. And mm-hmm. it's actually not about the fact that we have a money story, but it's that fact that we feel like we are alone in that and the shame we carry with that. And I've had this money story, this weight of success and worth and it being tied back to love with my family and a way of expressing love. And until I was really comfortable in sharing that, the shame and the isolation and the fear and the judgment is far harder to cope with than the actual money story itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is what I've loved about coming together and being open about it because I start and it's like it's like a, a, a rainfall out of other uh, anyone, men, women, anyone's mouth saying, oh, my gosh, you too. You know, and then all of a sudden we're mm-hmm. laughing together. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm I am not a lemon.
0: like I'm OK. <laughs> so Yeah, I think the conversation around money, I hope that it's a generational thing, because I know that my parents didn't talk about it. Um, It was like feast or famine in my family. So my money story is, you know, a little bit sorted as well. And it's taken a long time to, and I'm continuing to work on and through that. Um, But I hope that generationally, because we are willing to have these conversations, that maybe the generation that comes after Mm -hmm. us won't be as, um, their stories won't be as sullied. I mean, us us talking about this on a podcast is already proving that. Hell yes. I love it. Um, Okay, back to weird and wacky. Um, Mm -hmm. What is the thing that made you laugh most recently? (laughs) Uh,
1: What is the thing that made me laugh most recently? Uh, I feel like I've been trying to laugh every day. Um, uh, So recently, I ended up it was it was in quilt, um, I ended up in a conversation actually about uh, about yoni eggs. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Those are the ones you put up your Hoo ha, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I look I I like literally the quilt platform was live for 48 hours and like 50 women on it. And I looked down and I got a notification from Quilt that a woman started a conversation about yoni eggs and put like a little egg. And I just was <laughs> like, I love this group. Like this is amazing. You know, and I went in and it ended up being like a 90 minute conversation about like, you know, the material of the Yoni egg and what's good for you and pleasure and vibrator brands and like all of these things. And one woman was sharing that she's in witch school and I would have never guessed that. And we were just like laughing for 90 minutes. I was cooking a meal while on this conversation. Uh, and I just like, I, I laughed. I laughed so hard because it it's silly that like we, we don't always come together and talk about these things, um, but yet there could be so much fun and lightness in this idea of like what it means to kind of celebrate being a woman and like putting you know a jade egg up our hoo ha. So <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> I think that's the most recent one. I love that. I love that. Um, we've only got a few seconds left. My last question, because I'm obsessed with food and beverage, is what is the one item that you could not live without either a food item or a beverage item during covid.
1: Oh, during covid. Um, let's see. My one food item uh well, right before covid I did get like my first very basic level uh certification for being a sommelier.
0: No way. Uh, did you really? Right.
1: I did, yeah. I have no idea how I how I crammed that in, and didn't realize what I was getting myself into from a studying perspective. But figured it out because I love, 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 love wine so much. Um, And so I have drank a whole lot less during this time than I have in in going out socially. But I have dove in so deep into old world wines and like sipping them and kind of creating this like sommelier experience for myself. So,
0: uh, so wine 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 wine, wine wine <laughs> I've actually been on the other side of that and I'm like bordering on alcoholism if I'm being totally honest like we've been drinking every single night in fact we decided this week that we have to dry out because we've been we're like puffy you know when you just drink every oh, night yeah. and you just like wake up puffy and you're like this yep. has got to stop yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah, hit yeah. a wall the other day yeah, um, but I love that wine we actually just put in a wine rack so we'll when this is all over Ooh. we'll have to invite you over and we'll do blind tasting we'll see how good your song skills are I would love that <laughs> I would love that and I love you Ashley. Thank you so yes. much for being on the show today. Um, again, you guys make sure you sign up. We are quilt we we are quilt.com. Is that the right one? Yep, yep, yep. We are quilt.com. Follow them on all the socials. Ashley, you are just a gem. I love every single time we chat. Um, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks guys for tuning in. Stay tuned for more elevate your brand coming up next.